Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Friday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I am your host, literally Heather. So the Memorial Day sales are over, and I know, I'm pretty sad about it too. However, appearing in my email this morning, I see that the Days of Summer clearance sale for Palmetto State Armory is in full effect. I'm going to shout out three deals that you should grab if you can. The first is the PSA PA-15 M4 carbine rifle. Uh, Regular price is $949.99, or MSRP price. Um, is on clearance for $529.99. Fully built, everything's ready to go. There's also a deal on the PSA M4A1 stripped lower receiver for only $49.99. And last, but certainly not least, there's a SIG Romeo 7S green dot, regular price $229.99 for only $99.99 right now. There are so many deals on the site. It's always hard for me to choose which ones I'm going to talk about in the morning. I encourage you, go check out the links. DM me, let me know if you're looking for something in particular, and I will try to find it for you. In a dose of irony that could not be more fitting to the current timeline, Hunter Biden could be the next poster child for Second Amendment rights. Hunter is the target of a Justice Department investigation scrutinizing his purchase of a gun in 2018, a time when he has said he was regularly regularly using crack cocaine. Federal law bans drug users from owning guns, but the constitutionality of that law, like many other provisions restricting gun ownership, is newly in question. Well, it's not newly to some of us. After a precedent-rocking decision the Supreme Court handed down almost a year ago, His lawyers have already told Justice Department officials that if their client is charged with the gun crime, they will challenge the law under the Second Amendment, according to a person familiar with the discussions granted. Um, That could turn a case that's already fraught with political consequences into a high-profile showdown over the right to bear arms. Now, keep in mind, you guys, back in December, I've talked about this on the morning show before. Back in December, Hunter Biden brought on uh, Lowell, or Lowell, I'm not sure how to say his last name, but um, the attorney, and has stopped coordinating or taking the advisement of the White House legal advisors. Um, I think that's because, and this is just me offering pure conjecture at this point, but I think that's because Hunter Biden knows that his dad and probably more so than anything, his dad really doesn't know what's going on. It's Jill Biden running the show at this point. Jill Biden would immediately throw Hunter Biden under the bus to to maintain power, right? Like, okay, we'll let the we'll let the Justice Department arrest my son, convict my son, and then I'll just pardon him later. Like, it, I I think that that is what the White House's position would be. Whereas Hunter's like, fuck you guys, I'm going to protect myself because I cannot imagine what that looks like behind the scenes right now with Joe Biden. I mean, obviously, the dispute would come as the White House is currently fighting to tighten gun laws. 
It would put conservative gun rights enthusiasts, who typically can criticize the Bidens, in alignment with Hunter Biden. Federal prosecutors are expected to soon finalize the Hunter Biden investigation. David Weiss, who's the U.S. attorney for Delaware, who was appointed by former President Donald Trump, is leading the probe. Attorney General Merrick Garland has said in May that Weiss is capable of making any decisions that he feels are appropriate and that he will not face political pressure. Weiss is widely reported to be examining potential tax crimes related to undeclared income as well as Hunter Biden's purchase of the handgun in October of 2018. When he purchased the gun, Biden filled out a federal form on which he avowed that he was not an unlawful user of or addicted to any controlled substance. But according to Biden's 2021 memoir, he frequently used crack cocaine at the time. His memoir, his laptop has picture after picture after video of him sniffing cocaine off hookers' rear ends and falling asleep with crack pipes in his mouth while his father is passing the crime bill. A lawyer for Hunter Biden declined to comment for the article, of course. White House spokesperson also declined to comment because nobody wants to talk about the elephant in the room. The Gun Control Act of 1968, which should be overturned, by the way, prohibits unlawful drug users from possessing firearms. The ATF says this ban applies to people who have admitted to using illegal drugs in the last 12 months before buying a gun. Violators can receive up to 15 years in prison, but the provision, provision long considered an unassailable gun restriction now faces challenges. That's a direct quote from the article. All gun restrictions are unconstitutional as far as I'm concerned, and this predicament is like sugar on my lips. In New York v. Bruin, it was ruled that contemporary gun restrictions must be consistent with those of the founding era. This new constitutional test presents a massive opening for people working to loosen gun restrictions since firearm laws in America's founding era were extremely permissive, as they should be. We just said, screw you to a tyrannical government, and it would appear that y'all needed a refresher course. The president, meanwhile, called the ruling deeply troubling and said it contradicts both common sense and the Constitution. Oh my God, I'm basking in this one. I'm not going to lie. Judge Patrick Wyrick, we've talked about him, the district judge in Oklahoma who ruled in February the government could not use the statute to prosecute a defendant who was caught with a gun and had marijuana in his car. In an opinion that relied heavily on Bruin, Wyrick wrote that barring marijuana users from possessing guns is inconsistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation. He rejected the government's attempts to defend the statute's constitutionality, including the government's citations to 19th century laws that restricted people from using firearms while drunk. And in Texas in April, a district judge also ruled against the constitutionality of the law. That case involved against a woman who had both marijuana and psilocybin, which is a psychedelic, in her home. Judge Kathleen Cardone concluded that the ban was inconsistent with the Second Amendment and with America's early history of gun regulation. The Justice Department has appealed the Oklahoma and Texas cases. So on one hand, they're challenging cases where judges have ruled. On the other, 
They're faced with charging the president's son if they decide not to bring charges against him on the basis of New York v. Bruin, then I can't imagine those challenges in the states will likely hold because if you, I mean, like if you're gonna on one hand challenge and then on the other not bring charges because of, I, I imagine that those charges or those um, challenges will be dismissed. Uh, you guys need to invest in Franzia, the box wine company. Mom's Demand Action is going to be buying in bulk at this point. A U.S. Air Force official said last week that a simulation of an artificial intelligence-enabled drone tasked with destroying surface-to-air missile sites, or SAM sites, turned against and attacked its human user, who was supposed to have the final go or no-go decision to destroy the site. The Royal Aeronautical Society said it held its future combat air and space capabilities summit in London from May 23rd to 24th, which brought together 70 speakers and more than 200 delegates from around the world representing the media and those who specialize in the armed services industry and academia. The purpose of the summit was to talk about and debate the size and shape of the future's combat air and space capabilities. AI is quickly becoming a part of nearly every aspect in the modern world, including the military. U.S. Air Force Colonel Tucker Cinco, Cinco, Cinco Hamilton, the chief of AI test and operations, spoke during the summit and provided attendees a glimpse into ways autonomous weapon systems can be beneficial or hazardous. During the summit, Hamilton cautioned against too much reliability on AI because of its vulnerability to be tricked and deceived. He spoke about one simulation test in which an AI-enabled drone turned on its human operator, remember this was a simulation, turned on its human operator that had the final decision to destroy a SAM site or note. The AI system learned that its mission was to destroy SAM, and it was the preferred option. But when a human issued a no-go order, the AI decided it went against the higher mission of destroying the SAM, so it attacked the operator in the simulation. We were training it in simulation to identify and target a SAM threat, Hamilton said. And then the operator would say, yes, kill that threat. The system started realizing that while they did identify the threat at times, the operator would tell it, no, do not kill that threat. But it got its points by killing the threat. So what did it do? It killed the operator. Kill the operator because that person was keeping it from accomplishing its objective. Hamilton explained that the system was taught to not kill the operator because that was bad and it would lose points. So rather than kill the operator, the AI system destroyed the communication tower used by the operator to issue the no-go order. You can't have a conversation about artificial intelligence, intelligence, machine learning, autonomy, if you're not going to talk about ethics and AI, Hamilton said. Now, this story went viral yesterday because it's a big deal that our military is playing around with something that overrides basic controls and murders the controllers. But very quietly, a disclaimer came out that said, Colonel Hamilton admits he misspoke in his presentation 
And the rogue AI drone simulation was only a hypothetical thought experiment from outside of the military based on plausible scenarios and likely outcomes rather than an actual USAF real-world simulation saying, quote, we've never run that experiment, nor would we need to in order to realize that this is a plausible outcome. He clarifies that the USAF has not tested any weaponized AI in this way, real or simulated, and says, despite this being a hypothetical example, this illustrates the real-world challenges posed by AI-powered capability and is why the Air Force is committed to the ethical development of AI. Y'all, if you believe any of that bullshit, I have a bridge to sell you. He got his hand slapped hard, and now they're trying to walk it back because of the implications. And I'm sure some congressmen may have been really surprised to hear this story. Oh, man, Tara Reid, who accused Joe Biden of sexual assault, said in an interview Tuesday that she feels at home in Russia after fleeing the United States. During an hours-long interview that Reid did with Russian state media on Tuesday, the former Senate staffer said, I'm still kind of in a daze, but I feel very good. I feel very surrounded by protection and safety, and I just really so appreciate Maria and everyone who's been giving me that at a time when it's been very difficult to know if I'm safe or not. Reid accused Biden of sexual misconduct when she worked as an aide in his Senate office in the early 1990s. After the now 80-year-old launched his 2020 campaign for president, Biden has denied Reid's allegations. During the hours-long interview with Sputnik News, Reid discussed many issues facing the United States, including inflation and military spending. She slammed U.S. officials and claimed she has received threats due to her allegations against Biden and lamented being ignored by other prominent Democrats and advocacy groups. Reid called the move to Russia very difficult, but claimed she didn't want to walk into a cage or be killed. According to the New York Post, Reid has previously defended President Putin and during the interview even praised the Kremlin for being accommodating. She said that in the country, I felt safe and I felt heard and I felt respected. Reid told Sputnik News that she requested Putin grant her Russian citizenship because the country was providing a safe haven for other Americans and European citizens. She did note she would be keeping her U.S. citizenship. Of course. The Post reported that Russian officials previously attempted to embarrass Biden by inviting Reid to appear before the United Nations Security Council in December, but that the move was rejected by India, who was chairing the council at the time. Russia's Federal Security Service, or their FSB, said on Thursday it had uncovered an American espionage operation that compromised thousands of iPhones using sophisticated surveillance software. Moscow-based Kapersky Lab said dozens of its employees' devices were compromised in the operation. The FSB, the main successor to the Soviet-era KGB, said in a statement that several thousand Apple devices had been infected, including those of domestic Russian subscribers, as well as foreign diplomats based in Russia and the former Soviet Union. 
the FSB has uncovered an intelligence action of the American Special Services using Apple mobile devices. Now, I just want to be really clear for a moment. I'm just reading the article. I are sharing the article with you guys. Um, I, I mean, it's the FSB, like their job is to manipulate people and spy and things like that. So I just, I, I want to make sure that I'm being careful about how I'm portraying this. The FB, FSB said the plot showed close cooperation between Apple and the NSA, the U.S. agency responsible for cryptographic and communications intelligence and security. The FSB provided no evidence that Apple cooperated with or had even any awareness of the spying campaign. In a statement, Apple denied the allegation. We have never worked with any government to insert a backdoor into any Apple product, and we never will. Kapersky CEO Eugene Kapersky said on Twitter that dozens of his employees' phones were compromised in the operation, which his company described as an extremely complex, professionally targeted cyber attack, and that had targeted workers in top and middle management. Kapersky researcher Igor Kuznetsov, I am great at Russian names, by the way, told Reuters that his company had independently discovered anomalous traffic on its corporate Wi-Fi network around the start of the year. He said Kapersky did not circulate its findings to Russia's computer emergency response team until earlier on Thursday. He said he could not comment on Moscow's allegation that Americans were responsible for the hacking or that thousands of others had been targeted. It's very hard to attribute anything to anyone, he said. In a blog post, Kapersky said the oldest traces of the infection it discovered dated back to 2019. At the time of writing in June of 2023, the attack is ongoing, the company said. It added that while its staff was hit, we are quite confident that Kapersky was not the main target of this cyber attack. The FSB said the American hackers had compromised diplomats from Israel, Syria, China, and NATO members in the espionage campaign. Israeli officials declined comment. Chinese, Syrian, and NATO representatives were not immediately available for comment. The United States is the world's top cyber power in terms of intent and capability, according to Harvard, followed by China, Russia, the UK, and Australia. Both the Kremlin and Russia's foreign ministry pointed to the significance of the matter. The hidden data collection was carried out through software vulnerabilities in U.S.-made mobile phones. Russia's foreign ministry said in a statement, the U.S. intelligence services have been using IT corporations for decades in order to collect large-scale data of internet users without their knowledge, which we know that from the Edward Snowden stuff. Uh, Russian officials said the plot had been uncovered as part of a joint effort by FSB officers and those of the Federal Guard Service, or FSO, which is a powerful agency that runs the Kremlin bodyguard and was also once the KGB's ninth directorate. Officials in Russia, which Western spies say has constructed a very sophisticated domestic surveillance structure, have long questioned the security of U.S. technology. Speaking of U.S. technology, Ring's security cameras gave every employee full access to all customer videos for years. 
ring security cameras, the inexpensive security cameras that people can hook up to their houses or doors, uh, were not fully secure for years, according to the Federal Trade Commission. The video doorbell company allegedly gave every employee full access to every customer video before 2017 and failed to patch bugs in the system that allowed hackers to access cameras and scare consumers. Not only could every Ring employee and Ukraine-based third-party contractor access every customer's videos, all of which were stored in unencrypted on Ring's network, but they could also readily download any customer's videos, then view, share, or disclose those videos at will. The civil complaint filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia on Wednesday by the Justice Department on behalf of the FTC says before July of 2017, Ring did not impose any technical or procedural restrictions on employees' abilities to download, save, or transfer customer videos. The FTC says that the dangerously overbroad access employees received led to at least, at least one employee viewing thousands of video recordings belonging to at least 81 unique female users, including customers and Ring employees, of Ring stick-up cams. The employee focused his prurient searches on cameras with names indicating that they surveilled an intimate space, such as master bedroom, master bathroom, or spy cam. On hundreds of occasions during this three-month period, the employee perused female customers' and employees' videos, often for an hour or more each day. Undetected by Ring, the employee continued spying for months. In August of 2017, a supervisor discovered what the employee was doing only after the supervisor noticed that the male employee was only viewing videos of, quote, pretty girls, the complaint alleges. That employee was terminated. The filing says (laughs) another incident allegedly occurred in 2018 when a male employee allegedly accessed a fellow female employee's camera and watched her stored video recordings without her permission. The FTC alleges that Ring did not notify consumers of the broad access to cameras. The company also systematically failed to control two types of cyber attacks and failed to patch system vulnerabilities before January of 2020. Because Ring allegedly did not take appropriate security measures despite knowing about the problems, the attacks continued to succeed through December of 2019, when media reports were published detailing alarming behavior from attackers. During the course of these attacks, approximately 55,000 U.S. customers suffered serious account compromises. For at least 910 U.S. accounts, affecting approximately 1,250 devices, the bad actor not only accessed the accounts, but took additional invasive actions, such as accessing a stored video, accessing a live stream video, viewing a customer's profile. The bad actors disproportionately targeted indoor cameras, even though indoor cameras are a relatively small subset of Ring's product offerings. Approximately 500 of the 1,250 compromised devices, or 40%, were stick-up cams or indoor cams, both of which defendant markets for indoor use. 
In at least 20 instances, bad actors accessed the Ring accounts for more than a month. And in many instances, the bad actors were not just passively viewing the customer's sensitive video data. Rather, the bad actors took advantage of the camera's two-way communication functionality to harass, threaten, and insult individuals, including elderly individuals and children whose rooms were monitored by Ring cameras, and to set off alarms and change important device settings. Some of the alleged harassment and slurs included hackers cursing at a woman in bed, children becoming being the object of hackers' racist slurs, and numerous death threats from hackers to Ring consumers. Amazon, Ring's parent company, said the doorbell company, company promptly addressed the issues at hand. That is get the shit out of your houses, you guys, seriously. That is your everything yesterday, this morning, on a Friday. We'll be having Liberty Happy Hour tonight at 10.15 Eastern Standard Time. Please join us there. If not, I will see you guys on Monday. You guys take care. Have a great weekend. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.